It's a place that appliances come to die. So <laughs> if you need anything broken, just bring, where you live, Southwest Lincoln, just bring it over. We can break it. Southeast, Southeast Lincoln, bring it over. We can break it within a couple weeks usually. <laughs> We're really good at that. And um, anyway, I was over there drying a couple loads while I was looking over my notes and praying this morning. And um, because my family keeps insisting on wearing clothes and getting them dirty again <laughs> while, that, while right in front of that dryer part. So I thought, oh, what if I left my notes there? I would have to like, boy, the Holy Spirit would really have to move this morning. <laughs> I think they're all here though. But today, guys, I'm really excited. I want to talk to you about being brave. Do I have a screen of that? I think Sola made me something real nice. Oh, it says brave. I don't know what, what we're seeing there, but it says be brave. <laughs> I'm really excited to share with you this morning because the Lord set this message on fire in me and I told no one. That's what happens when the Lord gives me a message. I'm not telling <laughs> I'm not telling anyone. And then, then my husband came to me and said, hey, you want to speak? Such and such a date. And I was like, oh. I guess it really was from God. So know that if you, really, if you are here this morning or you are listening to this message, that it is for you. It is for you. So the Bible refers to the church as the body of Christ over and over again. We've heard this, right? We are one body working together. Sometimes it may not seem like it. Sometimes, honestly, it can look like a pretty dysfunctional body, right? But nevertheless, it's God-ordained, and he loves the church. He loves his body. His intention is that we are working together, that each of us has our own part, but we're working all together, and we care about each other. Um, think about, if you think, well, there's some parts I don't really care about <laughs> the body. Think about the last time that you stubbed your little tiniest toe. Probably, if it was this foot, probably this leg got involved in the action, right? Oh, sorry, I'm making all kinds of noise. Maybe even your arms were, like, showing their support <laughs> as you're like jumping up and down. Even maybe your, your mouth came to rally to the toe's defense and you gave out a shout or a big shoot or something else. I don't know. But support was shown by all, right? It's amazing how the body works. When one part suffer, we all suffer. That's the intention. We're working all together too to do amazing things. When we're all working together as one body, we can do amazing things. We can run marathons. I do not have personal experience with this to tell you <laughs> that this is possible, but I've seen it happen. Like the body is capable of amazing things. A woman's body can carry a baby for nine months and give birth. That's amazing. The body is amazing. And I love that the Lord used that example of a body to describe his church, that we're all working together. And we each have our own own part to play and each part matters and each part is important so the scripture I want to read this morning this should show up a little better is Ephesians 4 11 through 13 and that it says and he himself gave some to be apostles some prophets some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry and for the edifying that means like building up of the body of Christ Till we all, or for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, listen to that, the equipping of the saints, so like equipping, getting them ready, the saints, for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We all have a part, and none is more important than the other. In this scripture, it tells us that the pastor's job is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. The saint's job 
If you're a saint, raise your hand. We're saint. We're the saints. The saint's job is to do the work of the ministry. We are called to ministry. You know, in our church culture, the last, well, since I was born, at least, <laughs> we talk about, like, being called to ministry. And we use that phrase maybe like, oh, I'm going to work full-time, and that will be my vocation. That will be my vocation. That's not what my Bible says here, actually. We as saints are called to do the work of the ministry. The pastor is called to equip the saints. The saints are called to do the work of the ministry. So God has a purpose, a plan, and a destiny for each one of us. He chose us. For what? What's my purpose? You know, uh, one time, a lot of years ago, well, no, not that many years ago, I was talking to someone, and, and it was right after the service, and she said, you know, the pastors always talk about how we each have a purpose, but I don't know what my purpose is. I can't figure out what my purpose is yet. The Lord hasn't shown me yet. And she had a good 30 years on me. And I, I just felt for her, and, I, and it made me realize that sometimes we maybe miss the obvious. Where are you every day? Your place that you go to every day is different than mine. Turn to the person next to you and say, your place is different than mine. Tell them your giftings are different than mine. Tell them your personality is different than mine. <laughs> your responsibilities are different than mine. Now, if you're, it's your spouse, you might have some shared in there, hopefully. <laughs> Tell them your influence is different than mine. And one more. You can reach people I cannot. <laughs> I like preaching with solo. I'm used to preaching with solo lately. It's been like a while since I've preached by myself. So since I don't have him, I got you people. You're helping me. <laughs> but there are different parts, but one body. We all have one goal, but different parts, right? But our goal is the work of the ministry. Let me tell you, you can live a purpose-filled life right where God has placed you because you are called to minister right where God has placed you. Ministry is not, is not complicated. Ministry is reaching people around you that are hurting. It's showing them Christ through your life. It's ultimately leading people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And there are people that God has placed in your life that you are called to minister to. Not me. Living out your life with that mindset can give you such great purpose and fulfillment. And I'm not kidding about that. What do we have in common besides all being of one body? We are all called to more. We're called to press on, to push forward. We're called for more. So that's how we can be moved. Think about the body that I talked about, like moving toward, working toward a marathon. They got, the, that body has all together pushing themselves and pushing themselves, but they're moving on to more. So I really got to train for a marathon, maybe. I don't know. But they're pushing on to more. They're not just satisfied with the, where they're at. They're pushing on. And we are all called, as a body of Christ, if you're a part of it, if you're a part of the church of Jesus Christ, we are called to more. And we're called to be brave. Because here's the thing. You can keep doing your life the exact same way that you are doing it today. You can keep that up for the rest of your life and not stretch yourself. Never be, bra never be brave. Never do more than is required to get that paycheck. 
and you can actually miss your purpose. I've been reading through the Bible. I like, I, I've read through the Bible a lot of times, but my favorite one, do you guys have that version app on your phone or your iPad? It gives a tons of different plans for you to read the Bible or read through the Bible or just read a little bit of the Bible on a subject. It's so great. You can look in there for all kinds of plans. But my favorite one that I always come back to is, I think it's called the One Year Plan. And it's where you read a, a good chunk of the Old Testament, a little bit of the New Testament, a little Psalms and Proverbs every day. I just like it because you don't get for months stuck in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, which are awesome books. But you get just a wide variety. And as I've been reading this and I've been reading through the New Testament, there's something different that, that um, stands out to me every time that I read through the Bible. And this time I really just noticed how Jesus is stretching his disciples and stretching them and he's bringing them to new levels all the time and you would think that they would be like oh we know he can he, nothing is impossible with him we're just full faith full faith straight ahead no <laughs> they have to be stretched again and again there's not enough food for the people he's talking to there's a, some loaves and fishes he blesses the food and then what does he do he gives it to his disciples and he said you go feed the people they did the work of the ministry. Walking on water. He tells Peter to walk on water. Peter had to step out of that boat. I don't know. Do you ever put yourself in that position? I might have been sinking a little more than Peter even. But here they had seen him do miracle after miracle. And yet still, they're having to be stretched to believe for more. I saw over and over again as I was reading through this time, up till just a few days before he died on the cross, he tells his disciples, I'm going to be killed, I'm going to die, I'm going to rise again in three days. And they're like, the biblical version of, you crazy, that's not going to happen. <laughs> they're really like, oh no, come on, really? You've seen everything you said is true. And yet, still, we're having to be stretched to something even bigger. He keeps challenging and confronting their disbelief. He keeps stretching them. He keeps cha challenging them to new levels. Jesus is still multiplying that bread, and he wants us to hand it out. He wants us to give people hope. He wants us to pray for them. He wants us to invite them to church, us to encourage them. We're not called to be just to watch from the shore. We're called to go into the waves. Every time I think about being brave, I think about this song. You make me brave, you make me brave, you call me out beyond the shore into the waves. I love this song. Do you have this video clip for me? Watch this. Oh, do you have any audio? It would be a lot better with audio. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can turn it off. That's just a cute little video of Noel a couple years ago singing, You Make Me Brave. But it's so true. You, he has called us out to more. He has called us out to be brave. Now, I'm a really practical girl. Very practical. 
So I want to talk to you about the practical. How do we walk out our purpose? How do we practically go to new levels? Let me tell you, the best way I know how is to pray daily for opportunity. When you pray, the Lord answers those prayers. Sometimes it is not obvious, but when you keep praying and then keep walking in obedience, you can see amazing things. You pray for opportunity and then you walk in that opportunity. Let me tell you, if you pray, these are called dangerous prayers. <laughs> if you pray for opportunity every day, the Lord's going to give them to you. And then you have two choices. You can ignore that opportunity or you can walk in that opportunity. And I'm telling you, the brave choice, the exciting choice, the purpose-filled, fulfillment-filled choice is to walk in that opportunity. I'm going to tell you my bravery story. And this, this is something I've never talked about on the, this platform before. And honestly, it makes me a little uncomfortable. But I'm going to tell you anyway. So just ride this little wave with me. But about five years ago, I was... In my home, I was raising my kids, a little larger than normal size family at this point, and I just wasn't getting out much at all because, well, I'm a homebody, and then I'm homeschooling my kids, and then I just had very little, a limited outlet, and I was, I was so busy at home, there just wasn't time much to get out. And... Um, it was nothing like when I was a nurse and I was going to work every day and praying for opportunities, leading people to the Lord. It was totally different. Like, my life is way different now. And it, some, once in a while I watched YouTube. Just a little. Because <laughs> once in a while those kids napped. Not very often. And um, so I found a couple moms on there that like had larger than normal size families too and I didn't have those kind of women in my life that had that example so I would like get some tips and ideas and stuff and suddenly I felt like this extreme like urge of the Lord that I needed to start a YouTube channel. I was like <laughs> okay so you have to know this about me. I hate cameras. I, I just not a camera person at all. I never have been. We would have no pictures of our children at all if it weren't for my husband. Um, if you look at his phone compared to mine you'll think the camera doesn't work on mine. <laughs> Except now I have kids that take it and take pictures. So it's just like it was not in my radar at all. But it was something that I felt like the Lord was speaking to me very, very clearly about. And I know the Lord's voice in my life. I know when God's speaking to me. And so, uh, okay, Lord, this feeling did not go away easily. So I, I tried it. I, I put up like um, about three videos and over a couple weeks. And, oh, it was hard. It was a lot harder than I thought to talk to that ugly little camera. And then it was a lot harder than I thought to edit it and actually put it up there. And it felt like one massive failure to me. Never told anybody what I did. And then I was like, whew, I did what he asked me to do. <laughs> Done. And um, I just waited and did nothing about it. And the Lord kept speaking to me over and over to put more videos up which that might sound like a weird thing to you. It sounded like a weird thing to me, let me tell you. And so uh, a couple, two years ago at Christmas, I was actually given a camera, thank you very much, and uh, <laughs> my dad handed me down his old computer, and so now I had like the equipment that would make it a little easier. 
And so I knew, okay, Lord, I know that you're telling me to do this. So I did my next best tactic, which was procrastination. And I decided to study up on it and how to have a YouTube channel and what to do. And so I studied. And I thought, well, this year sometime I'll, I'll start, you know, what the Lord's asking me to do. So I studied and studied and studied. And then come August one day, at the end of August, one day on a Saturday, Solo and I figured out what we were expecting a baby, number nine. And the next day, it was like the Lord had just pounded on me so strong, this sense of wasting my time. Like, it's not going to get any easier. And it's something he's asking me to do. So I asked myself, will I regret if I don't do this thing he's asking me to do? And my answer was yes. Because I wanted a YouTube channel? No. But because I knew he was asking me to do it, I knew I would regret it if I didn't do it. So we were driving after church to visit some friends just out of town, um, not far from here. And the next day after, after church, and I told him, I'm, I told my husband, we had talked a lot about, about it over time, and I told him, I have to start tomorrow. I know I have to start tomorrow. If I don't start tomorrow, my chance is gone for whatever the Lord's trying to do <laughs> with me. I know it's like now or never. So... Um, we hadn't even quite decided. We had talked a lot about it. We hadn't even quite decided if we were going to have the kids be in it or not. And so we had to make all those decisions really quick. I just like, I can't waste any more time. Time was moving on without me. And so I started. Was it hard? It was so hard. Every single day. I'm in my study and I figured out I probably should be consistent. And so I had decided I was going to do like put up five. This is like, if you're not familiar with YouTube, you make a video, you put it on the World Wide Web. And so I was doing that five days a week. Was there reward? It was hard every single day and there was no reward. Except that I knew I was finally walking in obedience to what the Lord had told me. That was reward enough. So several months went by and by, that was the end of August, so in December, oh, it took us like six weeks or two months to even tell one soul <laughs> what we were doing. Didn't tell anybody. And then in December, you know, it had been a little bit since we told people and we had like a hundred people who would hit that little button that says subscribe so that they would find out that we're doing videos. And, and um, I thought, a hundred people? That's like, that might be, go beyond my family and closest friends. I mean, some people that I don't know might be watching me. Oh my word, that was hard to deal with for a minute. <laughs> and then by January it was 1,000, by February it's 10,000 that it hit that number. And it kept growing and growing. It was like explosive growth. And it was so obvious to me that it was all the Lord. Because it was him who had told me to do it, and I had no idea why. So it was so obvious that, oh my word, Lord, what are you doing? Did it get easier? No. It got easier to talk to the camera and to edit the videos. But the challenges changed. Let me tell you, when you step into something that God's asking you to do, it's not easy. And the challenges go from one thing to another. The challenges change to comments and criticism and ridicule. And a whole lot more growth. Today is a year and a half later, and it, my subscribers is well over 100,000. My low videos get like 30,000 views, and my high ones are in, I think I have one in the millions. It is not the masses that keep me going. I could give it up in one second, let me tell you that. I can't even think of that number when I'm filming or editing videos. I cannot, or it would make me freeze and want to quit. What keeps me going are two things. One is I know the Lord told me to do it. And two is when I get messages, direct messages, like emails, comments from people. I got one just yesterday, and they tell me, because I watch your videos, 
My life has been changed. I decided to follow Jesus. Or I turned back to the God I've been running from. That's what they say. I'm finally finding a church home. I decided to get back in the word of God. That's not the masses of people. That's the few here and there. But I'm telling you, it's those few. That's when I know, like, okay, Lord, I know you're doing something. I had one a girl from Paris write me, and she's like, my no life is nothing like you. I'm, I was raised by um, atheists, and I, I live in Paris with my boyfriend, no children, and I've applied some of your organization tips to my, to my company with my employees, and it's working well. The things I use with my kids, I don't know, some things just translate. And, and she said, but most of all, I was so discouraged about my life, and when I watch you and your attitude, I'm so encouraged and so intrigued about the Lord. You see, we get opportunities that are God opportunities, and we take them. They will take us to places that we cannot imagine. Not just me, you too. I, you know, the funny thing is, I wanted, it took me a while to connect these dots, but for the longest time ever, I wanted to be a missionary. I wanted to go around the world. <laughs> In fact, people would ask me, like, where do you want to be a missionary? I was like, I can't even decide. I've been to a lot of continents, and I loved every one of them. I was in love with every, I wanted to be a missionary to all the places. And then at the same time, I wanted a huge family, something like 12 children. Solo and I are still working out the details of that number. <laughs> I just wanted this massive family. Being a missionary around the world while you're still young and having a massive family, they don't really melt together very well, do they? It seemed like an impossible dream to like, how's that going to work out? And it's exactly what I'm doing today. But it's God arranged. Something I could never have dreamt of. I'm being... <laughs> I'm being invited into homes that would never invite me into their home as a traditional missionary. I get, I've gotten comments from people like, I'm a Muslim in the Middle East, and I love your videos so much. They're intriguing to me. Nothing I could have planned or purposed on my own, let me tell you, but God. What has he called you to? Is it teaching? Let him use you there. Let him use you there every day. Just like I pray over my videos as I send them out into that worldwide web. You pray over your students. Pray over your coworkers. Pray for opportunity to minister. Because you are doing the work of the ministry. God wants to use you there where he has you. It is not as important whether you're a lawyer, a plumber, a doctor, or a cashier. It's important what kind of lawyer, doctor, plumber, or cashier. I have seen one of all of those professions make an incredible impact for the body of Christ. Amen. Your ministry is likely in front of you every day. Or maybe like me, it's, there's an extra piece that takes a lot of courage. And if that's you, I want to encourage you not to wait. I can't even imagine what that would be for you. I couldn't imagine what it was for me. Maybe it's a book. I don't even know that you're supposed to write. But I do want to encourage you not to wait. If the Lord's telling you something and you know it's his voice, don't wait because life is not waiting on you. Life keeps, time keeps marching on. It keeps marching on and marching on. About 10 years ago, I don't even know. Maybe not 10. Oh, time. It keeps marching on. <laughs> but I, there, was a, there was a prophet here, like, who he prophesied over my life, and he said, you one day are going to mentor many, many young women. And he kept saying, many. And I was one of those disciples, like, way in the back of my mind, my eyes are rolling, like, oh. <laughs> if you know me really well, okay, well, this is what my mind was going to. When I think of mentoring young women, I was thinking, like, a coffee shop for two or three hours with one girl. And then a coffee shop with two or three hours with another girl. 
and then a coffee shop for two or three. My love language is not quality time. It's just not. And I was thinking, really, God, many, many, many young women. <laughs> okay. Okay, and also I don't like coffee. Like, if you bring a Diet Coke, I might stay for 10 minutes, but I don't know. And it, it, my, our own brains sometimes cannot put into words what God is trying to do. But I tell you, God has something for our giftings. Yes. He made me a doer. That's why I don't like sitting and having coffee. There is a great ministry to that one-on-one, -on -one, and it is not me. I'm not the one called to that. And by the way, I like, I'm a Martha. Is it Martha that was doing, doing, and Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet? You know, I don't, Jesus called Martha to come sit down, but I don't, Jesus made Martha that way. We need doers in this world or nothing will ever get done her, right? <laughs> we need doers. There's nothing wrong with the way God made Martha. I'm a doer too. I got to do, but you know, he was telling her to sit in that moment. That's good. Sometimes I got to sit too. But what God gave me fit into how he made me. What God gave you will fit into how he fits into how he made you. Can I remind you something else? If you're living with your family, they are your ministry too. They're actually your first ministry. They're your most important ministry. God's called you to those kids in this season. Whether you're a mom or a dad. Some days are easy and some days are hard, but don't give up. And you know what giving up looks like for you. I know what giving up looks like for me. Keep striving and pressing forward. Keep learning about your parents, your spouse, your, your child, and you'll see reward in due season. Will you see it immediately? Not often. Not often. But keep going. The best things in life, they don't come easy. We know this. The best things in life don't come easy. Just because it's not going the way you planned, or it's not working out how you thought it would, doesn't mean that the Lord doesn't have a plan or that it's less important. In fact, just because of anything we do may seem really repetitive or mundane does not make it less important. I want you to hear that. You think, oh, my ministry is maybe where my job is? Oh, my job. Huh. Well, let me tell you about my job. I cook dinner and I clean it up and I change diapers. And then I cook dinner or another meal and I clean it up and I change diapers. Like, talk about mundane and repetitive. Don't let Satan tell you that lie that it is not important. You can be intentional. You can make sure that family sits down together for dinner and that you talk. You make time for ministry. It is not about a perfectly planned Bible study at 6 a.m. Let me tell you, it's not about that. It's about showing your kids an example of living a life for Christ, a really authentic example. When I think about my own childhood, I don't remember one, I was raised in a pastor's home, guys, and I don't remember one time we sat down together to do a Bible study. My mom said it happened a few times. I don't remember one of them. But let me tell you what I remember. I remember pastoring is hard. They were pastoring, they were church planting. I remember coming home and kids aren't dumb. I knew it was hard at that season and I would hear them in their bedroom praying together. Or I remember one time it was really particularly hard for my mom and I came home from school. I remember the backpack I was wearing, everything is so clear as day in my mind and I came in the front door and she has worship music blaring and she is dancing around her living room. Like that's the things you kids remember. You walk out your life putting Jesus first. I knew my parents would put Jesus first no matter what it cost them. They showed me that over and over. That, that video I showed you of Noelle worshiping, she was worshiping that way because she was watching her daddy worship that way. 
you know, because of electronics today, <laughs> giving up is so much easier. I'm just being real with you. We got like gaming systems and computers and tablets and cell phones. It's a lot easier to just, when things are hard, I mean, sometimes I clean up my house and I'm like, everybody go play the computer. <laughs> I want it to stay clean for five minutes. But you know the difference of having electronics even be an addition to your home or a crutch in your home. And I'm just speaking real life right now. <laughs> Don't give up. Don't check out however that looks for you. Don't stop praying for your kids. If your kids are grown, they've walked away from the Lord, don't stop praying for them. Your voice may not be the one he uses in their lives, but he will bring a voice. You keep praying for them. They are your first ministry. So we are each called to do the work of the ministry in our homes, in our communities, in our workplaces, in our schools, and in our neighborhoods. Who knows their a neighbor? Any name of any neighbor? Just, just let me know if you know. Oh, we got work to do. <laughs> we got to meet them first. <laughs> but we are a part of the body. You are a part of the body. Your part is as important as my part. Your part is as important as your neighbor's part. Look at your neighbor right next to you. Say your part is as important as mine. Okay, and listen to this. Your part is as important, I could almost argue more important than Pastor Solo's part. That's right. Yeah, finally got it. Amen. <laughs> God has you where you are to do great things if you put your life in his hands daily and let him show you what great is. Don't define great. Let him show you. Because I tell you, it will be a lot bigger than what you think. I can guarantee you it goes beyond your imagination. I'm going to ask you this question. Would you go out of your comfort zone if you knew that God would for sure use you to show someone a new life in Christ? One life changed. Would you go out of your comfort zone if you knew someone would be in heaven because you did? Be brave. Walk through your life intentionally and watch what God will do. I have an audience. I told you about it. But you have an audience. Can you reach my audience? Not very easily. Can I reach your audience? Not very easily. Who's going to reach your audience? So we pray for open doors. We pray every day. We don't waste the time that we've been given at all. You know, um, I've seen a lot of people at the end of their lives, and the saddest ones to me are the people that feel like they have missed it. It's sad. Some of you know you've seen the same thing. I love what my grandpa said at the end of his life. He knew he was dying, and he said, I have no regrets because I did all that God asked me to do. But if I had more time, I would lead more people to Jesus. <laughs> That's what he said. And you know what? He was witnessing to people, his doctors and nurses that were coming in his room while he, he knew he was dying. Sometimes we can take the easy way out, honestly, and say, I don't know my purpose. Or God has not yet told me. I'm waiting. Or, I know God's called me to something, but it seems too hard for me. I was there, maybe. But fulfillment comes when we do what God has called us to do. And we know that we're all called, like the scripture says, to do the work of the ministry wherever we are. So it's asking that person at work, when they're telling you about what they're going through, it's asking, can I pray with you right now? It's seeing an open door and saying, the Lord puts in your mind a testimony that you have from your own life that you could share with them that would encourage them and give them hope. 
and saying it out loud. <laughs> Can I tell you a story? It's just stepping out into those opportunities that God gives you. Be brave. Step into what God's called you to do. Don't be intimidated. Don't be distracted. Don't be sidetracked. Have you ever heard the phrase, new levels, new devils? Until you've seen the comment section of YouTube, you may not understand what devils are. <laughs> but I'm telling you, new levels, you get new devils. <laughs> I, I, oh man, I used to, like, oh man, I can tell you stories. I'll tell you personally. Come ask me. I'll tell you some good ones. But um, I, I used to think, oh no, we're growing again. Like, this is me. I'm such a bad YouTuber. Oh, no, we're growing. We're going to start getting all these terrible comments again because that's when they just kind of flood in. And I had to change my thinking and think, oh, the terrible comments are coming. We're growing. Our influence is growing. I had to, like, make myself mentally think that. But we can think that in our lives, too. I'm up against hard spots. Oh, every appliance in my house is breaking. New levels, Jesus. I'm going to new levels, you know? You start th changing your mindset, like... It is not a joke. That new levels, new devils thing is not a joke, guys. Like, it gets challenging. There are challenges. There are hard things. And Satan does not want you to succeed. He does not want you to find your purpose. He does not. He doesn't want the body of Christ to be moving forward for pressing on to more altogether. No way. Is he going to fight that? Yes, he will. You will. Just know he will. Now I know. Our numbers are growing. Woo! The bad comments are coming. So get that delete button out there. Block them. <laughs> Block them for me. <laughs> They'd be telling me that hmm, I'm the worst parent that ever lived and I need to trim my beard too. I'd be like, whoa. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you. Time. You got, you got to start letting it. Laughing. Yeah. Start laughing. Now I take pictures of the worst ones and send them to my brother for a good laugh. Like, just, you know, don't let it get you down. Don't let it distract you from your purpose. <laughs> Time is not waiting for you. God has a purpose for you, and you will be amazed at what he can do with through you if you step out and be brave. Amen? Amen.